Wake Up 502. This is your boy, Rashawn Myers, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. We are the Big X, joined in studio, as always, by the magic man behind the glass. I would call him the Wiz, but instead I just call him intern Roman. And then the man, the myth, the legend himself, back from Las Vegas, here wearing his woo-wear hat, which I really, really like. That's very nice, actually. It's the first time I paid attention to that. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. Mr. Haven Harrington, the architect himself. How are you gentlemen doing this morning? I, I, Haven, I'll let you go first since you, you are back from your long road trip. How are you doing, brother? I'm excited. You excited? I, I'm very excited. You, you're energized? Yes. It's NBA All-Star Weekend. It is. In Naptown, baby, right up the it. road. I know it, man. I wish we were up there. I wish we were on location. You don't talk about being on location, man. I've I've not been to an NBA All-Star Weekend like in, really? in, in person, no. So that's that's one of my bucket list travels we're that I want to do. Fix that, yes, well, yes. Let's let's fix it today. Let's pull the trigger. It's, that, you it's know, not that far. I know it. I wish I could, man. I, Why can't you? So uh, hour up the road. Well, you, you, your Holy Cross uh, Cougars have a basketball game today, so gotta be there to support the baby. Gotta be so understand. Know, gotta be there. So you know. It is what it is, but hey, that's all right. I love All-Star Weekend. We're definitely going to get into that. I, I want to get you guys' opinions on, on you know, some of your favorite All-Star moments or, or you know, what, what uh, you know, when, when you think of the All-Star game, what, what does that mean to you? But we'll get into that in hour number two, of course, because hour number one, we always like to keep it local. Uh, but uh, Intern Roman, how are you doing this morning, brother? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. Always one of the best weekends of the NBA season, so I'm excited. Absolutely, man. And now that the Super Bowl has gone by, the Super Bowl is now finished. Unfortunately, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are once again your Super Bowl champions. As predicted. I am hating the world, um, and I have to listen to this Patrick Mahomes bullcrap for another 12 months. So, And you know. listen to Shannon Sharp hate on Lamar oh, Jackson God, I, for another yeah, year. That dude. I don't even understand the whole Shannon Sharp. Lamar Jackson thing like I, I like Lamar doesn't say anything to anybody and yet and still it seems like certain people just like get on these big time soapboxes to just kill them and my uncle uncle Shannon it right now is the dude doing that I don't know why but uh yeah yeah but uh Haven Harrington at first I want to know of course you you were in Las Vegas last week um taking in the ambience and, and taking in the atmosphere 
uh, for Super Bowl weekend. Uh, how was it? How was the trip? Man, it was dope. Um, my first time being to Vegas. Yes. So so that was nice. Uh, you know, one to me it was kind of unusual about the whole thing was it was like a lot cooler in Vegas than it was here, right? Yeah. So it was like 40, 50 degrees in Vegas, but here's like 60, 65. Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't expect that, yeah. But man, you know, it was weird because, you know, I got there uh, Friday, right? Uh-huh. It was, it was a nice crowd. Okay. Man, by like Saturday evening, it was like 8 zillion people there and everybody, it, it was just like every NFL fan you could think of was just in Vegas just chilling. Yeah. Literally just chill. I don't know how many Dallas Cowboys jerseys I saw floating around. <laughs> uh, a few. It's the closest they're ever going to get to the Super Bowl, I think. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. You know, and it's weird because we keep hearing like Tony Romo like comment on the games. Well, you know, they're going to do this, and I'm thinking to myself, they so, do like why can you predict this like when you were playing? Right. That doesn't he look like the smartest dude in the world? He, he seems like he just knows everything. Oh yeah, I, I know they're going to do this. They're going to do this. Oh, see, just like I predicted. And I'm like. <laughs> what was his prediction? He was playing quarterback. Right. Anyway, right. I mean, but you know, it was like super nice. Um, had a great time when I saw Tiffany Haddish in uh, in concert there. Okay, nice. Um, uh, you know, doing her thing, and then uh, you got to see, of course, the Wu, the Wu Tang residency, baby. Yes, sir. You know, well, I've seen the Wu Tang three times in concert. Right, I saw him once at Black College Weekend in ninety four, ninety five, I think. Okay. Um. But this was the first time I saw him like once here. Uh, so this, this is the third time I saw him. This is the first time I've seen all of them. Right. They had, oh, so everybody was there. Everybody was there, wow. including Capadonna. Okay, uh, hey, now, now let me ask you, Roman, how many members of the Wu-Tang Clan can you uh, name? Don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know you being a, a young and all. I, I, I know that's a, that is a tough question. Okay, can, can you name any of the members of the Wu-Tang Clan? How about that? Um, Ghostface, I know. That, nice, I know that one. Nice, yes. I, I, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Why well, you got one? You got you got one. Yeah, you know. He knows the Wally champ. So th- there we go. There you go. Yeah, you got Ray Raekwon. You know what I'm saying? You got uh, Inspector Deck. You got the RZA, the Jizza, ODB. Uh, rest his soul, Method Man. That's definitely one. Okay, I know yeah, you know. I know that. Okay, I know Method Man. And and no, Red Man is not part of the Wu Tang Clan. He is. He is. Everybody always thinks because Method Man and Red Man, uh, you know, they have so much uh, work they've done together that they think that Red Man is part of the Wu Tang Clan. No, he is a Wu affiliate. Um, but you know, Inspect the Deck, uh, You God, you got all all those Master, guys, killer. Ma- Master Killer. So you know, yeah, you know, the Wu Tang Clan, man. That is that is man, me and Haven. Even though we did not know each other. Uh, in our younger days, we're both very, very much the, the Wu Tang Clan supporters. So you know, got got gotta love them. So that, that's awesome. I, I'm the, that's the, you, you sent me some pictures. It looked great. Um, looked like you had an awesome time. Did you get a? Did you uh go, go out there and spend any money? Did you get on the tables at all? Did you do any gambling? No. No, you didn't. You went to Vegas and didn't do any gambling. I mean, were you afraid uh, of the tables? No. So I gambled just to <laughs> say I gambled, but I, I'm not a gambler. What you What you do? Uh, blackjack. Okay, that's I, I, that's always a good one to start I, with. No, I put twenty in, one twenty immediately, and then quit. Played uh, that same twenty, lost that twenty, cashed out. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even gamble. <laughs> no, I'm not a gambler. That is hilarious. Like, that, like that's not who I do, right? That's I, just, I was I was wondering about that. How how you would have approached that whole thing? So you just was like, yeah. But I will say this: like Allegiant Stadium, yes, it's awesome. Can't imagine. 
It's the it's Death Star, man. Awesome. Oh my gosh, is it awesome? And the sphere? Awesome. Did you get to go inside? No. <laughs> so I mean, I was I was there for like like literally like two days. Yeah. Yeah, and so it, much. And it's so much to do. It's like Vegas uh-huh. is like if you told ten year old Haven, it's like here's some paper, <laughs> here's a crayon. Draw me what you think be the funnest place on earth. <laughs> and I'd start doodling away, right? Vegas would be it. That's wild. And literally, like, Vegas is it, because it's like... It's like another world. It's, it's like an adult Disneyland. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like, okay, here, yeah, okay, the kids can stay home. This is an adult Disneyland. That's awesome. Like, everybody wants to see in concert or in comedy is, is there, right? It's just... And Super Weekend, like, everybody's there. But I will say this, right? So I was walking around, talking to some people... And let people know, you know, what I do for a living, sports talk radio. Yes. So I, I got, like, a lot of questions from, like, a lot of, like, fans. And, like, the number one question I wanted to know was, which is bigger, in your opinion? Like, a big-time fight mm-hmm. or the Super Bowl? Like, what has more energy? Shoot. Ooh. <clears throat> like, like, what gets people more excited? The Super Bowl or a big-time fight? I mean, in my personal opinion, I, I, and, I, and I'll, I'll let you – Give your opinion, of course, since they yeah, they posed the question to you. Like, if if this was twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, I would have definitely said a fight. I would, I, I, in my personal opinion, like the 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 energy around fights like Tyson Holyfield, Holyfield, uh, Holyfield versus Bo. Uh, you know, back in those days, it felt like that was like the apex. You know what I'm saying? But as as boxing has kind of waned off, in my personal opinion, I think Super Bowl is like. Humongous because NFL has just grown so much. Yeah. Like, Yo, I'm telling you right now, I would still say a big time fight, like a Mayweather fight or whatever, yeah, is bigger than the Super Bowl as far as energy level, right? Yeah, it's just the yeah. palatable energy. Like, but who's it. who's that dude? Who's that dude now? Like, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, you could go <laughs> even five years ago. I would say that that could still stand, but at this point now, it's like there's no what, names. What's the thing is like the Super Bowl is just so corporate. Yeah, and and that's the difference. Yeah. Like the Super Bowl is like a very corporate sanitized yes event like most of those fans you see in in the super bowl are literally just like corporate folks yeah. right it's, it's businesses and this like people work for those businesses right and then they get the tickets and there's like a smattering of tickets like for the average person right now, i did meet a lot of people's like this is their first time going to super bowl my dad bought me tickets and i was well how much did dad spend on tickets for union still to go to super bowl he said, well, this is, like, this is like a one-a-lifetime fan from San Francisco. I'm a lifetime 49ers fan. And, you know, I got my son here with me. And I've, I've always, my dream was always go to the Super Bowl. Thank you, Dad, for giving me the $15,000 for these two Oh, tickets. God. Wow. Woo-hoo. I met tons of people. Nice. Like, their first Super Bowl, how much they spent on tickets? 5000 a apiece. Wow. 4000 a apiece. I think 4000 a I think four thousand one takes like the cheapest I've, I heard people tell me <laughs> that they spent to go to the Super Bowl, and it, and this is people like saving up like for decades. That's wild to make this journey. Well, and, and of course, if if you want to get involved in the show, if you were out at Super Bowl, if you have thoughts on the Super Bowl or thoughts on anything else you want to uh, jump in on today, of course you can give us a text in five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Of course, that is the Thornton's text line. Uh, make sure you check out any of the local sixty two thousand eight hundred and forty three. Local Thornton's locations for the best in goodies, gas. You know what I'm saying? Getting your three to five cents off off per gallon. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you need, Thornton's is going to get you taken care of. Get some of those good donuts. You know, get you a little chicken on a stick. Whatever you need, 
the Thorntons will get you taken care of. And of course, you can give us a call in at the Wake Up 502 buzz line, which is 502-384-1450 as well. Would love to hear from you. Well, it it definitely well, happened. Except for the Thorns on Second and Broadway, which is about to close. I know. Looks like that we already got true. a texter in. Did you see what they said? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did see that text. It says, did Haven say 1994 in my Kevin Hart voice? Damn. That was a long time ago. <laughs> it was like, hey, that's, that's like the first time. They were brand new in 94. Yeah, old man. I know. I was going to say, that's like when the energy level would have just been. Off the chain. Yeah. You know, now these guys like 55, 60. Yeah. That's crazy. I tell you that, most Wu-Tang's like, like 55. Yeah. So. Did you guys hear that the Thorntons on First and Broadway's closing down? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's what that, that's what Haven say. I know, I man. Like it, yeah. I, I, they just say. I mean, they had. You have the announcement of Humana. You know, man, shutting down business, like, uh, like, shutting down okay. business downtown. And, so, like the Thorntons on Second and Broadway closed. And I think surprise is like nobody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, Thor- the Thorntons on Second and Broadway, man, was just always. Well, they made it this long, so to me, it's kind of crazy. You know that yeah. something like what. That they, you know, they finally called it quiz. This yes. had to have happened to where they felt like they needed to. That's the most annoying overpriced gas station in the yeah. city. No anyway, one gets gas there. It's like, always packed. Between that Thornton's right there and the, and, shell, on and the shell on Liberty Street. Yes, on Liberty and, and First or whatever that yeah, is. Those two are rough. Yeah. Jefferson, I think. Yes. Because, hey, first of all, the gas is like 40 cents more expensive than any other where any other place in the highways, city. Because those two highways, you know, people are getting off. Yes, that they completely take advantage. So, you know, I, I'm definitely not going to shed no tears over it. You know, everybody just saying, oh, this is just so terrible. Uh, but, yeah, I never like, went to those. Where would the beggars go now? <laughs> yeah, even though I did uh, meet my kid's mom there <laughs> at I that Thornton's. I went to JCTC, so my first two years of college I spent, you know, occasionally getting a big gulp from, from that Thornton's. And some of the encounters I had, I mean, you couldn't. If it had any change on you, you had to give it up. You, oh yeah, you were getting asked three times before you yeah, made it back me. to the light. Oh uh, yes, yeah, so you, know, you know. Okay, okay. So all the people listening who are afraid to go downtown because <laughs> you may be accosted by homeless people asking for money. Okay, here's the secret <laughs> from a guy who lives downtown, who's lived in urban areas all over this great country of ours. Yes. Like this is how you like you diffuse that. Ask them for change first. <laughs> <laughs> Literally just ask him for change first. Like when you see him coming up, walk up to him. Hey man, you got a dollar? Yeah, hey, 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 bro. You got a dollar? You got lighter for a smoke? <laughs> ask him first. I love Haven Harrington. All you gotta do, ask him first. <laughs> it, it, it throws him off. It completely throws him off. Like, well, what? Uh no, I don't have change for a dollar. And then uh, yeah, they'll just walk on. Yep. There you go. Let's see. see that, that's called mental judo. You know what I'm saying? That's you take somebody's method. momentum and use it against them. It's a good method. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, fellas, we, we have so much to get into. I, I, we'll maybe get back into um, kind of the long-term things with the Super Bowl uh, next hour uh, in the in the pro hour. I always call the second hour the pro hour. So I, I'll get to kind of some of your thoughts on that. But, of course, we do have uh, locals to, to discuss. We have University of Louisville basketball having a very topsy-turvy week. We have University of Kentucky basketball, uh, the same that they're trying to figure out. It's crazy um, just the difference in the, the tenor and tone around U.K. basketball. Back when uh, Big Z, uh, you know, the, the, big, uh, the big center uh, from Europe that got eligible, when he first broke on the scene and goes out there and has like 16 and 9 in about 15 minutes in his debut versus Georgia, People were talking about Kentucky as a favorite to 
to, you know, make the Final Four and, you know, win a championship. And now some are asking if UK is even going to make the NCAA tournament. It's crazy yeah. um, how much that has that turned around. But you definitely have some tumultuous times uh, here, uh, you know, locally with, with, the, with the local teams. Kenny Payne uh, and, and, you know, the Louisville Cardinals last Saturday, we talked about the fact that, you know, this home game versus Georgia Tech was seen as one of the uh, must-win games for Kenny Payne. Uh, if they were going to continue to have anybody giving any sort of credence to continuing on with this coaching experiment, uh, you know, they were able to find a way to get it done, get, you know, kind of raising off the floor like the Undertaker uh, in the second half. They were down seven with about six minutes to go in the game. And once again, they were able to kind of just circle the wagons and do just enough to slide out uh, and knock off Georgia Tech at the end, who kind of. Uh, fell apart down the stretch. Um, but then it's interesting because they go right back on the road. They head down to Boston College, which looks like the worst place to watch a basketball game in, like, the world. <laughs> like, there's never been one time that I've watched a Louisville-Boston College game, even when Boston College has been okay, where I've been like, man, I wish I was there. Or, wow, I'd love to be. Like, it just it seems like there's, like, 15 people there. There's no energy in the building. Um, just a... I, I mean, just a, it's just a, it's just the most boringest place ever. And, and I mean, Boston College has had some decent players. I won't say they've had any really good teams, but they've had some decent teams. But man, uh, you know, Boston College goes out there. Uh, Louisville plays a, you know, pretty strong first half offensively. Um, you know, got out to about an eight point lead in the first half, um, and then Boston College kind of just turns into just gooch mode in the second half. Bullied Louisville the whole second half and end up getting out with about a uh, you know ten twelve point win. Um, so you know it, it's it's very odd because of course when Louisville was able to find a way to knock off Boston College, you kind of heard those murmurings of uh, you know Kenny Payne. See, look, he got it done. He was able to find a way to fight back. These guys haven't quit yet. But even with the news that Scott Clark has a cracked rib. Uh, and, you know, was not going to play that game on Tuesday. Something happened with that that loss um, with the Boston College game. Like, it just feels like Louisville is in must-win mode for most of the people's, uh, you know, thoughts about it. And it, it didn't happen. And it just seems like everybody's just like, yeah, okay, we're not going to keep going back and forth. When Kenny wins a game, you know, maybe there's a chance for a year three, he loses a game. Okay, no, he's done again. Like it, it just feels like people's patience has worn extremely thin with this whole thing. And the funniest thing about it, I have an analogy for mm. Kenny Payne, and, and mm. I asked Roman to pull up a clip, <laughs> and I want you to play this clip, Roman, uh, for for the people, and then I'll give you my analogy. Okay, um, so this is a, anybody who does not know, I am a big fan of The Office. Okay. I'm a big fan of Michael Scott. I'm a big fan of Dunder Mifflin, as well as the Michael Scott Paper Company. I'm a big office guy. And there was a scene in the office in a, you know, one of Mike's little, you know, one-liners. And if you can go ahead and play that clip, I'll explain to you my my, my thoughts on that, Roman. Man, what a day, huh? Computer crashes with the porn, and then Meredith with the accident, and then... Prinkles? God, this office is cursed. And we need to do something about it. Well, I am taking responsibility. 
and it is up to me to get rid of the curse that hit Meredith with my car. I'm not superstitious, but I'm I am a little stitious. <laughs> okay, so this is my opinion because in this episode of The Office, okay, Michael is driving into the office, plows down Meredith, one of his employees, with the car. But, you know, Michael Scott is the guy who never wants to take responsibility to, to, to take ownership of saying he's ever done anything bad. So he decided he wanted to blame everything that was happening on a curse, saying, man, I need to find out, you know, what's going on with this curse that made me hit Meredith with my car. And this is the way Kenny Payne kind of runs this Louisville basketball team. He looks at how bad this team is and is like, man. I just need to figure out what curse is making me coach this team so bad. This is terrible because it's not my fault. You know, it's everybody else's fault. It's somebody else like, there's just got to be something. Look how terrible this basketball program is. I'm stuck with trying to to, to, to build and, and fix this big old mess. Look how horrible it is. It's not my fault. Like, I have nothing to do with it. And that's what this whole thing, the, the funniest thing and the thing that I've heard over and over and over again, I heard in Kenny Payne's comments after the Boston College game, it was amazing to me how he just talks about, well, you know, they asked about Kenny, how do you allow Boston College to shoot 60% in the second half? And he's like, well, you know, some of these guys, they just they just don't know how to hunker down and and, you know, get those stops on the defensive end. They just don't know how to go about – getting any of that stuff done. It's crazy. I, I just don't know what's wrong with them. And it's like, does he know? They're like, does he understand? It's like, dude, who's – That's your job. <laughs> right? Like, who's going to tell him? Who's – right. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, it's almost like Kenny Payne is coaching this team as if he's, like, for real in the stands. Like, he's like – he wants to be in the chair eating popcorn being like, I don't know what's wrong with these dudes. Look at them, like – you know, like it, 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 the, the lack of ownership every time something goes wrong is the funniest thing to me. Like he's literally Michael Scott. Like like that, that, that is Kenny. That from now on, that's the way I look at Kenny Payne. Kenny Payne is the is is officially the guy that literally nothing is his fault. He's just the one that's just trying to figure out why everybody else is screwing up his perfect plan. Literally, that's him. Like he, he's trying to figure out. You know, what curse made him run the Louisville basketball program into a wall, into a brick wall? And, and it's just, it's very unfortunate to see just because Boston College, the thing about losing to Boston College, first of all, it was a road game. They have like 12 people at the game. So there is no home court advantage. And for a Boston College team that has been playing horribly, okay, is a team that was right down there in the basement with the, you know, the, the usual suspects when we talk about Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, Boston College, those are the worst teams in the conference. Okay, they were sitting at like 10 and 14, I believe, coming into that game. So you're not talking about a team that's very, very good. And they went out there, and they just absolutely bullied Louisville the, last, the second 20 minutes. And Louisville went from up 8 or 9 to just getting destroyed. But what about the injuries, Rashawn? You're not taking into effect the injuries. Louisville does have injuries. Everybody is not healthy. You know what? No, we have a ton of injuries. You know, but guess, but guess what? We have two starters out. Don't disagree with you. You know what the problem is? What? They still had like twice as much talent on the court than Boston College. And the lead. And the lead. Proved that they had enough talent. 
oh. for at least a half. Yeah, well, well, the thing was is that what what do we talk about? The defense, right? You can't – like Louisville was winning because they were playing good. They scored 48 points in the first half. Okay, they were scoring at a very, very high clip. But the problem is you usually just can't keep up you know, you can't try to go out and score 100 points. I mean, they were on track to score 96 points. It's very hard yeah. to continue to play at that level. And that's the thing we talked about, man. Like, every game, like, if you look at these last several games, by the, the opponent's uh, point totals, you know, 89 points. Now, they won the game against Georgia Tech at home. Georgia Tech only scored 67 points. Uh, you know, just because Georgia Tech, their offense is just, yeesh. That's, that's even worse. But then you look at Syracuse, they gave up 94 points. Florida State, they gave up 92 points. Clemson, they gave up 70 points. Duke, they gave up 83 points. Wake Forest, 90. North Carolina, 86. NC State, 89. You know, like, you can't content, you can't give up 80-plus points every time you go out and expect to win because it just it puts so much pressure on your offense to just be great. And, you know, Yes, yeah, Scott Clark is is out and he's not playing Haven. You're absolutely right, but you know the 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 engine that makes this team go, Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson was there. You know he he did what he can, but you you have a freshman having to go out there and just basically be, you know, Kyrie Irving. You know you're asking him to go out there, score twenty points, drop ten dimes. You know. And just play at such a level, you're asking Brandon Huntley Hatfield, who's playing a lot better, to go out there and give you 20 and 15. Caleb Glenn, who had a uh, a um, career game against Georgia Tech last weekend, you know he goes and gives you 15 and 10. You're expecting him to go out and get 15 and 10 every game. Like you can't expect the offense to just carry you. At some point, you have to be able <clears throat> to play comprehensive, competitive defense. And I think that this Boston College game really just kind of – people are just getting resigned to the fact that, yeah, they just don't play any defense. So you kind of you remember when Bobby Petrino in the last year before – well, or the year he got fired in 2018. Yeah, when the team quit. When they were just giving up like 50 every game. Yeah, when the team quit and they just – Like – They didn't care. That's what it, – it, it, now the team hasn't quit. But just in terms of how do you give up 50 points when you're speaking of the Louisville football team every game. Like, they gave up 50 points in, what, the last, like, five games in a row? Yes. It's something crazy. Like, that's where Louisville basketball is. Like, defensively, they can't stop anybody. And Boston College is not a good offensive team. But look at how much better this team is playing now versus the beginning of the year. And imagine what Kenny could do if he just gave him one more year with this core group of players, right? With this core group of players, he adds some guys from the portal. Like one or two, maybe three guys from the portal, experienced guys from the portal with this core group, and just imagine what they could do. Like if he goes on to get a defensive stopper, or maybe two, Roman, and adds it to this group. What's the what's the say? This, this I is, mean, we can <laughs> we could make it to like fifteen wins next year, <laughs> maybe sixteen wins. Like right now, and, and we, that's, could be, we could be a bubble team possibly. From what I understand, why are you stopping the dream? <laughs> Why are you hating on a dream? Why are you so full of hatred towards one Kenny Payne? Because he won't get the job done. It's just you give him that stopper, you give him that ball stopper and that pure point guard, whatever you're saying you need to give him, you can give it to him, and I still just don't have the confidence he'll do what it takes. I mean, and, and that's the thing, right, is that, that we're talking about. It's like when you talk about – people talk about the victories that, that Kenny Payne has this year. 
Uh, you know, whether you talk about, you know, none of the teams that, that he's beaten, I think the best, the team with the best record that he's beaten this year, um, like, I think, I mean, all the guys, I mean, UMBC is having a horrible season. Coppin State's having a horrible season. New Mexico State's having a horrible season. We know that Bellarmine here locally is having a, a horrible season. Pepperdine's not good. Like, none of the teams that, that Kenny Payne and his, and his team have beaten are having a good year. I mean, you can say Miami, uh, you know, is, is one team that is not necessarily having a good year. They're 6-8 and eight in the conference. But that was by far Louisville's best win of the year. And right now – Is that Kenny Payne's best win? That's Kenny Payne's best win is that road win at Miami. And Miami's going to be playing if, – if the, the uh, ACC tournament started today, Louisville would be playing Miami in the first day, what they call the quote-unquote day of shame, as the 11th seed versus Louisville, which would be the 15th seed. They would be playing in the, in the, on the day of shame in the first round. Of but the they will be tournament. playing. They would be playing in the tournament. Yes, you're absolutely right, Haven. They, 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 well, they, only two teams don't play, right? Well, I believe this year everybody makes it. Oh, okay. So, so there, there is no, um, there is no, uh, uh, you know, there, there is no, no teams left out. But I believe they said starting oh, right. next year, the bottom, see the bottom three or bottom two teams don't make it. I think they're they're changing that um, because so so they they're basically going to change it to where they don't have to do the whole day of shame thing. <laughs> anymore and everybody like I, I think they're doing away with double buys something like that I guess because of the new SMU and, and Stanford and, and those guys coming in Cal um, so they're going to do that and they're just going to do like the bottom three teams don't make it I guess to, to adjust for the the three teams coming in so no the, then they I think they're going to keep the same format but those those bottom I guess adding those three additional teams would have screwed up the brackets so now they're just going to do the bottom three teams don't make it so you would have to worry about if Louisville came back with this same group again, would Louisville once again get left out? Would they finish in the bottom three? Right now Louisville sits in the ACC. If this was last year uh, or if this was next year, Louisville would be out. Both Georgia Tech and Notre Dame would be out. That would be your three teams that would be left out right now based on the standings. Uh, Louisville is sitting at in the basement, um, the, the last place team in the ACC right now with a 3-11 and record, 8-17 and overall. So that's where we are. He's doubled his win total from last year. <laughs> like at this point, why are you hate on Kenny Payne? Don't you see the improvement? These guys are playing hard. They love him. We could lose these kids if he doesn't come back. I don't know. I, I've and we got to start over again. The commentators keep mentioning that these players love playing for him. Is that true? Yes, because I know playing. Brandon Huntley Hatfield loves playing for him. Like. Kenny Payne, that is the one thing I'll give him credit for. He's, like, resurrected Brandon Huntley-Hatfield's career. Like, Huntley-Hatfield, and, and that's the thing, right, is that, you know, if Kenny was to come back, Brandon Huntley-Hatfield is is the anchor to anything that's going to be successful because he's the one dude. When you have a good post player and you're able to give the ball to that post guy um, and kind of start your offense through there and you have a guy that's kind of, un, you know, unstoppable, like, that really, really helps. And at the level that Huntley Hatfield's playing at, with the fact that he was looking at, like, his draft stock took an absolute nosedive last year. The fact that he's back on the horse and he's looking like he's starting to make that potential of what, you know, he was a top 10, top 5 guy coming out of high school. Um, with the fact that he's back, I have no doubt he's going pro. Like, there's no chance in hell that Brandon Huntley Hatfield is coming back for another year. 
I, I think he's going to, you know, strike while the iron's hot, and I think he's out of there. And there's nothing, you know, if you talk about guys coming back, like, is anybody going to lose sleep if Sky Clark doesn't come back to Louisville yes. next year? If he transfer, I mean, not no, not lose sleep, but I would like to see him back. I mean, the, the, the guys that we want to keep, that, that in my personal opinion, are what, who? Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson, Curtis Williams. Yep. Uh, Caleb Glenn. Like those guys. I wouldn't mind seeing another year of J.J. Love, love would love to see JJ absolutely, especially being a you know homegrown. But I mean, there's and those guys. I think, in my personal opinion, uh, you know, me, you don't really know what's going to happen. Like Tyler Johnson, really seemed like he was a guy that wasn't necessarily. I mean, he was a guy who came in late. He was committed to to Penny Hardaway in Memphis. Like I don't really feel like his commitment to Louisville was really tied to Kenny Payne. Like I I, I feel like that would be a guy that the next coach would have an opportunity to keep. Um, you know, Curtis Williams doesn't really seem like he's a guy who is just tied at the hip or joined at the hip. Like, Sky Clark and, and Brandon Huntley Hatfield are the two guys that you immediately look at and think of. Those are, quote-unquote, Kenny Payne guys yeah. that are only going to be there for Kenny Payne. But I think that, you know, if Louisville does make a move, which I fully expect to happen at this point, I think that the next coach would have an opportunity uh, to hold on to those guys, in, in my personal opinion. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I just think that, um, you know, yes, Haven, are they are they improving? Absolutely. He's doubled his win total. But when you go from last year where they couldn't beat anybody and now we're kind of starting to be able to beat some of the really, really bad teams, like what's your next step? Like, okay, to we'll be able to beat teams. all the – no, 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 no. That's, that's too much of a jump. Just consistently beating the bad teams. That's too much of a jump. Yeah, that's too much of a jump. No, you, look, we're not going to go to beating mediocre teams next year. We would be looking to just, hey, can we at least just beat all the really bad teams? Because right now we're only beating the really bad teams at about a 30% clip of the bad teams. So let's can we get up to 80? Can we beat 80 to 90% of the really bad teams? And when that's your unit of metric for improvement, <laughs> that's just not, it's not good enough. It's, it's not good enough. Um, it's too slow of a build. And I, it's just going to take too long. I like, like this whole thing, this is like trickle-down economics, man. It's just like, is it really working? Like this whole, let's make the rich people get as rich as possible. And then at some point, because they're super, super rich, that, that you know, those funds will trickle down to the rest of society. Like I, still like, I feel like we're still waiting on that, that to happen. Shout out to George Bush. But anywho, let's go ahead and hit our first break of the day. You are listening to Wake Up 502. This is the Big X. This is 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, and we'll be back. You ready? Let me, let me bone. Solomon's ancestor. Yo. Yo, what's up, son? What's up, kid? What's going on, kid? Yo, man, I'm just doing my thing, man. And welcome back in. Welcome back in. Second segment of the show. Wake up 502 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. We are the Big X WXVW here coming to you on a beautiful and cold Saturday morning. This is Wake Up 502 brought to you by the Winter Vortex. You thought I was gone, but I'm not. It's still cold as, uh, you know. <laughs> what? what? What is it cold as outside, Haven? <laughs> it's cold as something really, really terrible. But that's all right. This is, I feel, fellas, like this is the last gasp 
for winter. Everybody always knows that, you know, in Louisville, when you're living in the Ohio Valley, you always get kind of that little Indian summer, like during the winter season. Like sometime during February, usually, you're going to get that warm about week to 10 days. And then you're always going to get that really cold, you know, kind of bounce back from winter before you get into the uh, the warmer weather. So I am hoping that this is, you know, the last gasp of winter before we get into kind of spring starting to come in. That is my hope, you know. that That's what Punxsutawney Phil told me. The hedgehog, I mean, the groundhog said that it was going to be a early spring, so I'm going with Punxsutawney Phil, I'm saying. So hopefully – Hopefully this will be the end of it, but it is cold outside. I did not want to get out of the bed this morning, man. Like, I could just feel the cold. Like, I stuck my little toe out from underneath the covers, and this <laughs> that texture says it's colder than a baby mama's heart on her way to the child support office. <laughs> very well played, very well played. I like it, I like it. That That is hilarious. <laughs> but uh, Haven Harrington, uh, we we have uh, the text coming in hot and heavy. Uh, the texter, uh, what five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. The Thorns text line. A uh, texter says, uh, "Good morning, wake up five zero two main event. KP Mafia's culture." He says, "What would Jeff Brom do if Travis Kelsey uh, bumped into him and got into in, into Brom's face?" Uh, hey, you know that whole scene from the sideline uh, when Kelsey goes out there. And um, absolutely just jumped into Andy Reid's face. Like, we saw that uh, we saw that whole thing happen, um, you know, with, with the whole Kelsey Reid situation. Um, if, that was, if that was anybody else, um, especially, like, the, the one thing that I think helped that whole situation is the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs won the game. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I really feel like that's why they lost. If if they did lose, yeah, yeah. No, I, I no, I, I, I mean, if they would have played that clip forever, had the the Chiefs lost the game. But the fact that the Chiefs won the game, I really feel like that. Um, I felt like like they kind of got a pass on that. But Travis Kelsey, I thought that was like mad disrespectful. Like Haven Harrison, like what what did you think about that whole thing? I mean, it's it's to me, it's more like the heat of the moment, right? It's your star, one of your star players on the team. Like, give me the ball, coach. Put me in the game. I mean, but like, should you be running over there and like bum rushing the dude? Like, he looked like he was and, trying to stick him up. And he's a big dude. Give me some money. <laughs> and he's a big dude. I mean, the man's like he's like a he's like a like a red grimace <laughs> out there on the sidelines. You know, he, he can handle his own. <laughs> you know, and look, Andy was chill. He knew, you know, he he knew what the situation but was. But you didn't think that was a little I just it just seemed like like what if that was Antonio Brown? He, he, yeah, you probably escorted out by, by security. <laughs> but <laughs> but the difference is Antonio Brown's like not a star, right? I'm just like like this is like one of the stars in your team. You have two stars in your team. Yeah. Mahomes and Kelsey. So those those guys get way more leeway than anybody else. Now if it was like uh one of the wide receivers doing that, oh, he would have been cut that, that minute and never would have played again. Yeah, probably bench that game. Yeah, but who cares? Because he's one of the wide receivers. <laughs> Nobody knows who he is anyway. Yeah. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, Valdez Scanlon comes up there and, like, jumps in Andy Reid's face. Give me the ball. What? Get this fool out of here. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, it just, but yes, I, I think that because um, things turned out all right, um, they let it go. But I saw there was an article that my dad actually sent me that said that a relationship, a relationship counselor said that Taylor Swift should be wary of Travis Kelsey because of that outburst, that that should be something that she pays attention to. Hey. I was like, wow. So, <laughs> so like, here, the, here I, we go. So I have a question. Was there ever any doubt? in this game to you that Kansas City was not going to win? I mean, no, it, absolutely it was. I mean, you know. Really? No, I, I did. Like, I thought that the game was well in hand for the 49ers. When the 49ers, the 49ers dominated the first half. They ran the ball. They were patient. They just dominated the line of scrimmage. You know, they had, uh, you know, the, the, they had the lead at the half. Everything was going their way. They come out the second half, intercept uh Patrick Mahomes to start the second half. Have the ball on the Kansas City 43-yard line. At that point, they had about a 75% chance of winning that game. But you know what happened in the second half? Kyle Shanahan got too smart for his own good. Kyle Shanahan decided he wanted to get cute, and he decided that now's the time that I put the game into Brock Purdy's hands and let Brock Purdy bring us to the promised land. And the minute that he decided that I am going to give the ball to Brock Purdy rather than giving the ball to McCaffrey, it's a game, set, match. When you made it a game of Purdy versus Mahomes, you lost the game. Instead of making it the, the 49ers run offense and defense versus Patrick Mahomes. The first half, the 49ers made it our running game and our defense versus your passing attack and bad run defense. For whatever reason, in the second half, they decided to go away from it. And when they made that decision, they lost the game because they made it about Brock Purdy. And that's the whole thing is you got to understand where your bread is buttered. And the thing that I don't understand about it, Haven, is that you had a successful first half just running the ball, staying plain, staying bland, and just bully balling Kansas City because they don't have a good run defense. Their run defense was rated 18th in the NFL. But they have a good pass defense. That, that, and you want to pass the ball the whole second <laughs> half. They have like the, the either the first or the second rated pass defense in the NFL, and you decide to just lean in. They threw the ball the first six plays of the second half resulting in two three and outs. One of those drives starting at the Kansas City 43. And that was the game. That was the game. There was never any doubt in my mind. Like I just that Kansas City was gonna win. Like like even overtime when they were driving, they were looking good on that drive. I'm like, if they don't score a touchdown this drive. No, it was over. It's over. Because they had a chance to put them down. And then you just got cute. You got to kill Jason Voorhees, right? I mean, the thing is, it's like you have you gotta cut his head the off. number one running back in the NFL. And he was killing. Like, I can understand if maybe you had a bad game plan like the Ravens coming in. And, you know, you just kind of just... Go, but you're just terrible. For it was just a bad game plan. You couldn't get it together, and you lost. You had the game plan working. That was the the biggest thing I under I I could not understand is that you had it working. 
You had it working. Yeah, Kansas City was kind of off kilter. You know, for guys who've been to Super Bowl as much as they have, they look. They were panicked. They look panicked. People arguing on the sidelines. Mahomes throws the interception. If you go down and you get seven in that first drive of the second half, the game was over. The game was over. They had it. They had it. It's the second Super Bowl that Kyle Shanahan had won. And then to blame it on the defense coordinator and fire him after the game. It's wild. The fact that it's Steve weak. Wilkes got fired. That's weak sauce. Weak sauce. That was terrible. Weak sauce. Like, it was terrible. Like, I I, I am. Made him the fall guy for your bad decisions. Yeah, I'm I'm done with the, the supporting because I, I, I like, you know, I like McCaffrey. Um, you know, and, and I like the story of Brock Purdy. But, yeah, after that, the way they finished that game, uh, the fact that, that Steve Wilkes gets the boot for no reason at all as some kind of lame goat, uh, lame duck, you know, decision is just completely terrible. Like, Roman, what did you what did you think about that? Like, a, a, am I wrong? Like, did, did you see anything different with that? But, like, in my personal opinion, it feels like they had it. Yeah. I don't understand the – I don't understand the – you came up with that game plan before the game. I don't see what changes halfway through the game to where a game plan that you spent two weeks coming up with needs that big of a tweak. Um, it's, it's it's weird. It was weird to see. It's it's really weird to see. But like you said, I mean, I've, I was, I've been saying to a couple of buddies of mine, if you give Mahomes a chance, he's going to take it. Yeah, he's going to take it every time, and that's what the that's what the 49ers did. They gave him, if you really want to think about it, like they gave him three chances. Yeah, um, in that second half to change the momentum, mm-hmm. and and they and they took it. <laughs> they took the third one. So uh, this is tough, man. You got the best running back in the game, having you know one of the best running back seasons ever. Yeah, and it was playing well, and it was playing well, and was playing and having a good game at that. <laughs> Your, the blocking's working. The Chiefs could not stop the run to the left side. They could not stop the run to the left side. Yeah. Even, and, and that's what confuses me most is even through their game plan change and their tweaks, every time they ran the ball to the left side, still it worked. You're just doing it at, you know, a third of the rate. But I don't know, you know. It's nice to know that there's a few teams now, like, there's a couple teams out there, maybe not a few. There's a couple teams out there who, if they get it right, they can beat these Chiefs. So, yeah, oh, I, I definitely think that you know it's it's unfortunate. I, I really feel like both the the 49ers in the Super Bowl as well as the Baltimore Ravens uh, in the AFC Championship game did more to lose the game than the Kansas City Chiefs did to win it. But I mean, that's why the Chiefs are good is because they take advantage of other teams' mistakes. I mean, they aren't the best team. But they are, they have the best um, composure. You know, they know who they are. They know where their bread is buttered. And when you make a mistake, they're going to pounce on it. And, and that's what they do. That's how they win. And to the victor goes the spoils. And even though I can hate it as much as, as I do, you know, that's what happened is other teams made mistakes. And because of those mistakes, you know, you lose. <laughs> and that's just the plain and simple fact of it. We saw when the Buffalo Bills made it a running game and made it about the running game, they were able to go out there and go up and down the field on Kansas City the whole game. The reason that the the Bills lost is because the Bills' defense could not get a stop. I mean, that's what it came down to. The Kansas City Chiefs got two stops. The Bills got, like, none. And that's why the Chiefs beat the Bills up there in Buffalo. 
you know, the Ravens just decided the whole game that they were going to make it about Lamar passing the ball rather than just being, you know, the the super balanced, great running attack, you know, and doing that. And the 49ers did the same things, and the Chiefs just took advantage. This was the most just take advantage of everybody else being done and done. I mean, the Super Chiefs Bowls were ever. literally of of the three teams, including the Super Bowl, right? Of the teams they played in the playoffs and Super Bowl, they were the least talented of all the teams. Yeah. Yes. But they had the best coach. Yes. And they just they played they, to their strengths. They had the best coach and best quarterback. Like it's crazy. Like it, it was it was it was unbelievable uh the the way the whole thing went down uh and it just you know, it, it it is what it is. I mean, to like I said, the man, Chiefs don't beat themselves. No, no, they don't beat themselves. They don't necessarily. They can't necessarily go out there and just beat you if you're playing at your best. But if you go out there and make dumb mistakes, they're going to make you pay. If you give them good field position, make yeah. dumb mistakes, and yes. and usually like what it takes to beat them is like if you force a turnover, if you can force a turnover, if you can force them to punt, and you know all those kind of things they were doing, but. Those three and outs, you know. Oh, I, the, the, the on second and five, the 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 49ers had the ball the ball in a tied game in the fourth quarter with about two and a half minutes left. I remember this, and they decided maybe to throw, three right? minutes, and they went from second and five, and they decided to throw the ball after McCaffrey gets five yards on first down to make it second and five at the thirty-five. Okay, it's second and five at the thirty-five yard line. With a with two and a half minutes left, and instead of throwing, instead of running the ball on second and third down, they passed the ball two downs, both stopping the clock and not putting the ball in the hands of your best player, and they end up having to settle for a field goal. They kick the field goal with a minute and a half left, and you knew what was going to happen. And you next. end up giving Mahomes the ball back with a minute and a half left, and you end up in overtime. And you knew what was going to happen. Like, it's, it's, even with all of the problems that the 49ers had, they had the game. If you give the ball to McCaffrey second, third, and even fourth down, in my personal opinion, I would have gone four downs running the ball. If you can keep me from getting five yards, because if they get that five yards, the game is over because they can effectively run the clock down to about 30 seconds and kick that field goal. goal. Yep. Ah, that's tough. I don't, I don't, I blame the, I blame the play calling. Uh, I watched the clip. From it's an NBA NFL, it's some a group of NFL players, I think retired NFL players podcast. I can't remember who's saying it at the point of what I'm about to say, but one player is like, when you lose an NFL playoff game, there's only two reasons why. And they said it's either the coach or the quarterback. And, you know, he was being very vague, obviously. And he said, Did McCaffrey or he said, Did Purdy have a good game? And they said everybody around the table said, Yeah. And then you say, then it's the coach. And you look at the decision making and then the play calls, not winning, choosing when to run and when to throw. Um, and it's like you just didn't give Purdy and McCaffrey their chance to win the game. You know, you didn't give a great game Bro- game manager. Yes. You know, people joke about that, but that's a, it's a good quality and it's, it's a great one of his. You need and, Brock Purdy to be Brad Johnson or Joe Flacco. Or Trent Dilfer. Or Trent Dilfer. And you you're trying to get him out there <clears throat> and make him be Mahomes. Exactly. And, and that's just when you made it about him – and forgot the identity of your team, you lost the game. And, and, and that's what it comes down to. It's unfortunate. But, hey, congratulations, Kansas City Chiefs. I hate you, and you still win. I mean, but we're going to go ahead as we're go ahead, hit up hour number two. We will get into this. We'll take more of your texts and your calls. You are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, intern Roman, and we'll be back. Go Kenny Payne. <laughs> if what you say is true, 
The Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Do you think your Wu-Tang sword can defeat me? Welcome back in. Welcome back Not in. like Egyptian Musk. <laughs> Our number two of an energized wake up 502. A little more. A little Wu-Tang Clan. That's what Kenny's going to do today, baby. They're going to bring the ruckus. I, 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 like, Roman, do you believe the energy that Haven's bringing to this Louisville-Pittsburgh game? They're going to bring the ruckus. I can't believe it. You, <laughs> you might convince me if you keep going. <laughs> 6.30 p.m. ACC Network. Louisville Cardinals on the road taking on Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh currently sitting uh, in a tie for sixth place with NC State. They ain't um, ready for this. You know what's interesting? What? Like, I was, you know, because I'm used to the ACC basketball having, you know, seven, eight, nine teams go to the NCAA tournament. That's usually where they are. They may have like two or three. They have like three teams right Maybe now projected. Three. Like, it was crazy. Like, Joe Lenardi in Bracketology, like, I, I want to say it was like three teams that they had listed right now going from the ACC to the NCAA tournament. Like, it was just – it was so small. I was like, is that true? Let's see. As of today, looking on Bracketology right now, he has four teams. Uh, four teams from the ACC going to the uh, NCAA tournament. And I believe those four teams being, of course, Duke and North Carolina, Virginia, and I'm guessing Wake Forest because Wake Forest just got a big win uh, earlier. So I'm guessing that's the fourth team. But, like, that's the ACC – the ACC is not having a good year, and I'm, I, I think that's – I don't know if it's Louisville being bad. Just wait till Kenny down brings the, the ruckus. But Just wait till Kenny brings the ruckus to Pittsburgh. <laughs> it would be – it would be – you know what? If this would replace Miami as the best win in the Kenny Payne regime uh, if he was able to go on the road and get this one done today. Um, you know, oh, it's Clemson. Clemson is the fourth team that got in. Uh, so not not Wake Forest. So, uh, you know, these teams are all kind of on the, you know, everybody's a little shaky right now. Um, you know, Steve Forbes, he's been down there at Wake for a minute. You know, he can't seem to figure out a way to get, uh, you know, to to. to I'm ma- telling you, you give Kenny another three years, <laughs> we'll be in the tournament. Oh God. <laughs> Another three. Another years. no, I couldn't. I couldn't handle that. That's if we don't count year one or year zero, <laughs> right? And uh, speaking of which, Steve Forbes is listed by um, uh, by uh, Bracketology as the first team out, and so, with Gonzaga okay. the last team in. So, but before we break down this whole Louisville Pittsburgh game, yes, I have a question I posed to you earlier this week. Okay. I'm going to post it to you on the air to get your thoughts Uh-oh. on tape. Is Louisville really the blue blood program we think it is? I say no. What say you? Despite having three national championships, a bazillion Final Fours being the team of the 80s, we are not a blue blood program. Louisville is a blue blood program. Are yes. we really? <laughs> yes. Are we really? But the problem with Louisville is right now, 
they have become so obsessed with everybody else's opinion of them that it has forced them into making some bad decisions. And I think that's where we are. Like, we kind of fight all of our battles, and we live working inside the court of public opinion. We worry about the, the public opinion on everything. I will say this. And, I, I and believe, we've been, you know, we, we're still dealing with that. I, I believe the basketball program is on par to maybe slightly, slightly above the football program and reputation nationwide. I mean, it's tough right now. It's, I'm going to say, if this was a true Blue Blood basketball program, a top 10 basketball program in the country, right? Yes. If this was a true top 10, top 7 yes. basketball program in the country. All time. All time. There is no way Kenny Payne makes it past that first year. No way at all. Name me one other top program that a guy wins four games and makes it the next year. Name one. Name one of the top ten programs that would happen at. Would UK let a guy win four games? Would he still coach the next season? Would he make out the first season, to be honest with you? Yeah, no, I mean, I look. Kansas. I, I don't disagree with you. North Carolina. Duke. And, and I think it's one of those things where this is why you don't want to hire a former alum. Because when you hire a former alum, it, it makes everything about more than just the hire. And it makes it about more than just um, the X's and O's. And that's the the spot and the position that Louisville put themselves in because, you know, they wanted to cater to the former players. No, you can they, hire they, an alum, and it's okay to hire an alum. It's also okay to fire no, an alum. Not not in year one, and especially not when he's African-American. Yes. No. Yes. I'll, and it's your first African-American hire. Let no, him go. You can't. Let him go. Yeah. Let him go. Yeah. I, I, four wins. I is all, Four wins is all you need as – as evidence, they'll let him go. Oh, I agree with you. And had, you had, if, if I was the athletic director, I would have fired him. The worst season in the history. Yes. Not just U of L, in the history. A power five. A power five. This season right now is the worst season in U of L's history. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, and that's the whole thing, like the people that do the whole Louisville's improving thing. But this is still the worst season. If this would have been the first season, actually, this still would have been the worst season in Louisville basketball history. It's still been a fireball offense. And it still would have been a fireball offense. I agree with you there. And, and that's the whole thing. It's like we're trying to look through this lens of, well, at least it's not as bad as last year being the worst you know, year in the history of college basketball. It's like it's not really a flex. It's not the flex that you think it is. No. <laughs> no. You know, and, and that's, that's the whole thing It's like, you're not getting better at a at a commissioner rate. Like being three and eleven in the ACC and eight and seventeen overall, and in this trash what, year of ACC and, basketball, and and and, and, and the ACC honest. that's only going to get four or five teams in the NCAA tournament from the looks of it. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. That's just not. It's not but good enough. Are you a blue blood program if you can't pull the trigger? I mean, it's tough. I, no, I mean, DePaul's already fired their coach. Ohio State fired a winning coach. Ohio State, uh, you know, he just was fired winning. Chris Holtman. And he was winning. <laughs> and they fired him midseason, like, get out of here. Go on. Gillespie at UK was winning. 
He was literally the year before they fired him, he was coach of the year in the SEC. He was. Next season, gone. So, I mean, you know, and, and you know. They're trying to fire Calipari right now. Now, now if you believe, you know, the, the tweets from one Mr. Trilly Donovan, the, you know, the mystery college basketball insider that no one knows who he is, um, he says that Coach Eric Musselman, the current coach at Arkansas, is already do- a done deal as the new coach of the University of Louisville Cardinals. Now, I don't know. Oh, God knows. You know, I don't know if Of that's all true. the guys you could have got out there, him? Must bust. Must muscleman like you get Jerome Tang, you could have Scott Drew. I would have taken Shaka Smart. I mean, honestly, Haven, hey, I'll take almost anybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of coaches I'll take. That's gonna be better than this. So I would not, you know, it's like from from what I understand, Muscleman has a very very favorable buyout, and he is a very good coach, and he can recruit his tail off. So I definitely understand the draw. He's had, like, top five recruiting classes the last two or three years in a row. Um, you know, I think he had the number one recruiting class two years ago, and he had, like, the number three class this past year. So he's a guy who can really recruit. He's got a lot of energy. He is that brash kind of spit talker, uh, to, to, to borrow a phrase from Bobby V. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys that is, is very much a alpha you know, people feel like that that bringing the show here, you know, he's a guy that he'll rip his shirt off if he wins a good game and spin it around his head, spin his shirt around his head, stuff like that. So they feel like from an energy standpoint that he would fit. And Musselman is a guy who it's been said that he is a guy that's that wants a program to carry themselves like an elite. And one of the problems with having a plant coaching at a SEC school is that – You're always second fiddle. You're always going to be second fiddle to football. And he doesn't like that. And apparently, you know, his buyout may be less than a million dollars. So with that being the case, I can definitely see why the interest would be mutual because Louisville gives Musselman the stage that he wants and and he has a buyout that is very favorable for a team in Louisville that doesn't have a ton of cash lying around. I'm just like this. So, I mean, I can understand it. In the mortal words of... And God bless his soul, the track suit himself. Just win, baby. Oh, good old Al Davis. Just win, baby. Hey, I mean, but no, you know. I don't care anybody says, right? College sports is like junior pro sports. It is. And you, have to, and you have to treat it as such, it's getting, right? It's getting more that more yeah. so that way. What, what, what do you think about Roman? Do you like Musselman, by the way? Speaking of which. Roman, you there with us? Roman left us. He must, he must be answering the phones. He might be on the phone. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, no, I agree with you. I mean, you have to go out there, and especially I feel like that that clock has been sped up because of the transfer portal. Like, there's no excuses anymore to just be horrible. Like, when you can flip a roster in a year, not saying that necessarily you have to be a, you know, flip it and go to the final floor like Kansas State did, but you can definitely flip a roster and become uh, – Overnight. You know, you be a, be at least – Average. This could be competitive. To be overnight. competitive. This could literally be competitive overnight. And the fact that you can be so woefully non-competitive two years in a row, um, it's just there's just there's rebuilds that are going to take a lot less. You know, I mean, in Arkansas is not having They're having a horrible year, the, a, a great year. They're not having a terrible year. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, I mean, they're not as good as they were last year. No, I'm but, say, 
they're having a horrible year. If you look at the recruiting class, if you look at their talent, it. yes, based on their talent, they definitely should be having a better year. But they're not awful. You know what I mean? It's not like they're. I mean, right now Arkansas is sitting. I mean, they're three and eight in the SEC. So I mean, yeah, they're having a a terrible year. They're twelve and twelve overall. Um, you know, Musselman with <laughs> he he had a lot of uh people questioning some of the moves that he made in terms of the transfer portal. He brought in a lot of recruits, but he brought in like all guards. He was kind of like the the flip flop of of Kenny Payne, like where Kenny Payne brought in like all power forwards, small forwards, like. Musselman brought in, like, all shooting guards. <laughs> he brought in, like, nine shooting guards and didn't really um, balance out his roster. Um, and I don't know if, if you know, duplicating too many guys at the one and two positions is why he's struggling as much as he is. Um, but, you know, I mean, it is one of those things where th- that's the funniest thing. Like, a lot of the guys that Louisville's been linked with, all those guys have kind of been hot and cold in terms of winning and losing. Like, right now, Mick Cronin is on a, on a heater. With yeah, UCLA, like, no, you know, like that, that. That's Mick is not the pick. I, I don't mean, care what you say, bring Brom home. I mean, Mick is not the pick. Mick, after being just completely horrible, he was sitting at, um, he was sitting at three and five in the in the pack uh, pack ten and sitting, I think, second to last in the conference. He's now won six games in a row and is up to nine and five in the conference. Now he's uh in sole possession of third place in the pack twelve. Good job. Like I'm proud of him. He's completely turned it around. They're fourteen and eleven overall. But on the back, you know, all these guys. What's Scott Drew? You know, Scott Drew. Uh, right now, Scott Drew is sitting. Thank you. Let's see. Uh, he is sitting at in the Big Twelve. Uh, where are you at? Uh, Big Twelve standings. He is currently sitting in third place. Uh, eighteen and six overall, number twelve in the country, seven and four. Scott Drew doing what Scott Drew does. Win. There you go. Win. Oh, like oh, don't get me wrong. Like if I had my choice of all these guys, and I could just pick anybody that from a sitting head coach, Scott Drew would be my number one guy. Um, you know, it'd either be Scott Drew or um, uh, Kelvin Sampson is is a given. But I just don't think Kelvin's going anywhere at this one. I mean, but um, Kelvin's per- a Pearl, years old. Pearl and Scott Drew are the two dudes I would love to have. Like Bruce Pearl is a beast, and I think Bruce Bruce Pearl would be akin to Cal Perry going to Kentucky at Louisville. If, if Bruce Pearl came here. Like, with what Bruce Pearl is able to do at Auburn, if you come to Louisville with its resources and the fact that Louisville's basketball first, Bruce Pearl would be an absolute superstar at Louisville. I've always said that. The Auburn people jumped down my throat last year when I talked about Bruce Pearl and, and the fact that, I, I, in my personal opinion, I felt that Bruce Pearl would crawl from Auburn, Alabama to Louisville, Kentucky, even with Auburn being number two in the country. Have you been to Alabama? Yes. Don't like Alabama. Neither do I. One of the worst states in the union. No one likes, uh, you know, Alabama. Alabama, Mississippi. Two worst states in the union. Like, and I still believe that. I believe if Louisville called Bruce Pearl, he would walk to Louisville tomorrow. I don't care how good Auburn is. I don't. I, I just, I personally think that he would love the so opportunity. Do you to think coach Louisville can reclaim its blue blood status with a good hire? Absolutely. I mean, Louisville has everything. That they, they, they are a Ferrari. You just need to put gas in it and keep it on the road. Like, it's all it needs. It's a Ferrari. It has everything. You have the facilities. You have the money. You have a super, super competitive NIL situation here. Like, that, that's the other thing. Anybody who says that Louisville doesn't have the NIL to compete, because I've heard that out there. We're competing in football. <laughs> They're competing with football for the best transfers in the country. And if you can compete with the best in football for the best transfers, 
basketball's not going to be a problem. And there's way more money in football. Yes. Like, you have to output way more resources in football to be competitive. Yes, and considering that Louisville is, is you know, one of your perennial powerhouses in basketball, trust me, there's more money going into basketball than just about anybody, any, but the thing anybody is like, else's basketball You don't have program. to put a lot of money in basketball to be, like, top of the basketball heat. Right, well, that's what I'm saying, but basketball is – is king here. So, like, people want to see the basketball program get good. So, Louisville's going to be able to pay more than most teams in basketball because they're going to put more emphasis on it. That's why people that say that, you know, I, I had an argument with a guy on Twitter earlier this week that talked about the Ohio State job, saying the Ohio State, you know, uh, one so some guy tweeted saying that Ohio State's a better job than, than Louisville because they have all the resources of the Big Ten. But I said, but the problem is Ohio State doesn't care about basketball. Their donors and boosters aren't putting money into the NIL program to go towards the basketball program. That's the thing you have to understand. While, yes, Ohio State has more money, they don't care about basketball. That's all football. They're not dropping bags on basketball players. Like, at Louisville, they'll drop a bag on a basketball player because basketball is important. They don't care about basketball at Ohio State. So, yes, you can have a lot of NIL, but guess what? They're going to be like, why are you sending my money to this dude? I don't give a crap about this shooting guard from – you know, uh, Tupelo, Mississippi. He can't be Michigan in football. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like We're talking the, about chips. We're going to win championships. You know, they don't care about that stuff, and that's going to be the difference. That's why anybody who says that the Ohio State job is a better basketball job than Louisville is out of their mind. Not even close. It's not even close. Not even close. Like, so, like, get get that out of your mind right now. I mean, there, there's a lot of naysayers. There's a lot of people that are going out there kind of trying to do that negative, like, Oh, we're so terrible. Kenny Payne's going to be back because we're so terrible. Oh, Kenny Payne will be back because we don't have any NIL. Oh, we're not going to be able to get a good good coach, so we might as well keep Kenny Payne because nobody's going to want this job. The problem is, like, Louisville fans are like, are, are like we've been in an abused <laughs> relationship for, like, the past decade, right? <laughs> so, like, after all the scandals, everybody leaving, Chris Mack, quitting and, you know, losing and Kenny Payne coming in and not being able to beat nobody. We've been on this horrible bad luck streak in basketball for like almost a decade now. Yes. And I think it's just people just like, well, this is who we are. <laughs> just downtrodden. This 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 is all we got. Like, no self-esteem anymore. We might as well just keep Kenny because nobody's going to love us anyway. You know, like, zero self-esteem <laughs> now. Like, yeah, you know. Just, yeah, just horrible. Yeah, no, I I I know I agree with you. I mean, it's just you can't. But look at the football program. Jeff Brown was all like puppies and rainbows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the texter says uh, uh, he said um, Ohio State fired their basketball coach, so Ohio, Ohio State can take a page from Cincinnati's playbook and take KP. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, can I interest you in Kenny Payne? You know, I, they actually said that. Um, that was funny. The two top guys. For the job, um, or the three top guys, you got Dusty May at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Sh- uh, Sean Miller at Xavier, okay, of course, choice, who was at choice. Arizona, but he's an alumni alumnus of Xavier. He's from Ohio. Um, and Mick Cronin, who was the former Cincinnati coach, uh, going back to the Big Ten because Mick Cronin apparently wants to get out of Ohio State. He wants to get out of UCLA as quickly as possible. What's up with the UCLA coaches not wanting to coach there? You have uh, Chip Kelly. <laughs> Like, leaving to become the offensive coordinator at Ohio State, and now you have the the head coach at UCLA, you know, being linked to possibly being the head coach at, o, at Ohio State. Ohio, UCLA's going to hit Ohio State. 
Like, These guys are going to join the Big Ten. They're going to take and, both and, of their coaches. They're going to join the Big Ten and make it like their sole mission to beat Ohio State. Like, if nothing else, like to, to beat me, Ohio State. UCLA is in, like, they are, to, to quote uh, the, the crocodile hunter, danger, danger, danger. <laughs> UCLA is in position to become the new St. John's. Well, you know, and the, completely <clears throat> have their program gutted. Well, you know, the problem with UCLA with joining the Big Ten, I understand why you join the Big Ten, right? More money, the prestige, everything else. But you go from being one of the top programs in the Pac-12 to now being just an also-ran in the Big Ten. I, I mean, I definitely could see them just becoming like, what happened to UCLA? You know what I mean? Like, like Nebraska, yes, right? Yes, Like exactly. Nebraska used to be a football powerhouse. And I was like, yeah, it's just Nebraska. Yes. Nah. You know, and, and I I feel like UCLA seems like they are they're headed that way. Yes, yes. Like especially you lose Chip Kelly, you lose that head because, coach. Because just like another Pac-12 school could never poach Chip Kelly. I mean, what coach wants that job at UCLA? But to lead to become an offensive coordinator, like literally, literally to downgrade yourself <laughs> to play at Ohio State, unless they're thinking they're going to fire a day and he's going to become next head coach and waiting. Because I mean, Ohio State fans hate Ryan Day. I mean, when I because when I think about they it, they hate Ryan Day. Like it's just such a t- how do you recruit to UCLA? It's UCLA. How can you not recruit to UCLA? But the, but the problem is, how do you recruit California kids when you're going to be playing all your games on the East Coast? It's still UCLA, right? I, yeah, I the mean, camp, but it's like the camp is still one of the most beautiful campuses. You're in Los Angeles. These new schools playing in the Big Ten to me, that's going to be the most difficult problem with playing all of your games on the East Coast is it's kids want to play close to home where fans, family and friends, that's why, you know, you, when you're in the Pac-12 and you know you're going to be playing Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Man, whatever. Okay, you know, first of like, all, all that's over with now. I don't – it's, it's all over with. But see, no, this, this, this is – There's no such thing as you want to play close to but home. See, but like, that's, but that's what I'm saying. Watch on TV, Dad. But see, but that's the whole thing. Kids don't give a shit or don't give a care about <laughs> – they don't. They don't care. Beep. <laughs> they don't care about that. Like these are still people. Sorry, these are people, right? Th- these are people. <laughs> they don't care about money. They don't care about television. Ho 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 like, ho 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 and ho ho again. I'm about to stop you. They don't care about money. The kid. No. I, what I'm saying is that they're gonna have that. They're they're making money, but. It's still like they, they aren't these they aren't pros. Like so you want to play games close to home like um, they are pros. But I I understand what you're saying but I I'm still saying like the recruiting aspect of it. Okay, time out, time out. Like you're recruiting a kid like because you're playing in the Big 10 like kids that they usually that normally get recruited to play in the Big 10 whether it be Ohio State, Michigan, whoever, um they play I mean they recruit the the Midwest they recruit Chicago they recruit St Louis they recruit um you know the the East Coast that's where they recruit because that's where all those schools are but when you're in California trying to recruit a kid from Arizona to go play seventy percent of his games you know at Piscataway New Jersey uh you know Happy Valley uh in in you know Penn State and you're you're recruiting them like that's going to matter. 
Like, that's going to matter because kids want to be seen and be around their families. Like, Time out. it's going to be very – I think that the recruiting aspect of it is something that doesn't get talked about. And I think it's going to be very hard for these former Pac-12 schools going to the Big Ten to recruit. I think it's going to be very difficult because you're asking for a very different uh, – you're asking for a very di- – like, I'm not saying it's going to matter with every kid, and especially, like, your high-level kids that are big money that go all around the country anyway. Won't but, matter at all. But you still have to have a base. Like, yes, maybe the top 15 kids on your roster don't matter, 15, 20, because they're going to go anywhere anyway. But you still have to have you know the what? meat and potatoes of your you know roster. What? I would agree with you on that until the transfer portal. Hmm. I, I would – if it was like four or five years ago, I would agree with you on that. But it's not. And now the transfer portal, and you literally have a third of your team being transferred kids from all over. I'll be interested. I will be interested to see how the how these teams comprise their rosters. Like, because you know, I mean So if, the, the question is this if Cameron got an offer to play basketball yeah. at UCLA, he got a choice, right? He could play at let's pick a, a local uh we had a choice. He could he could play at Wake Forest, a place we we could drive to and see him. Right? Yes. He could play IU, easy drive, or he's offered a million dollars a year to play at UCLA. Well, what would you have Cameron do? No, I mean absolutely, you, you go there, and, and I think that's that that's that I understand the the point of it, but you know you're dealing with a lot larger roster, and schools usually fill their roster with a very large percentage of them being local kids. I mean, even when you're going out there and you're recruiting nationally, the base of your football team, if you have a 50, you know, a 60, 70 man roster, however I many mean, it is, Louisville's, you know, Louisville's best football 70, teams when, when strong was here, half our football team was from my, was from Florida. Yeah. But you're still at least on the East, still on the East coast. Like there's still a difference. Like when you're going 3000 miles from home, I I just want to see how the recruiting dynamics of these teams you know, how it changes. Honestly, I think college football has going to be so much like it's NFL. Gonna be very, light. It's going to be very odd. No, so I think college football has gotten to be so so NFL light that the travel now almost doesn't matter. Like the the only place I think it really matters now is, is the SEC. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Like because uh, SEC is the last of like the mostly regional. Well I, I, well, I think that the, the thing is this, is that you always have unintended consequences that happen when you have these big changes. And I don't think we know exactly how this whole thing is going to be affected, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't really know how this whole thing is going to come across because, um, you know, it, it's it's just, it's very, it's going to be so different, right? There's going to be things that happen that we didn't think about. There's going to be things that happen that we didn't account for. And, and, and I think that's going to be the most interesting. Like, this whole new world of college football is going to be a very interesting social experiment. It's NFL white. All it is now is NFL white. You know? It's not college football anymore. It's literally NFL white. Your mouths was cup into division. Like, I want to see. College football north, I south, see the east, impact, and west. I, I, I want to see the impact of these schools moving because we saw what it's done to so some of these programs that have made this, like West Virginia's program. Killed West Virginia. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, West Virginia, it, it sounded great for West Virginia to join the Big 12 at, at the time because they wanted to be one of the guys that, that, you know, stay relevant. But it's destroyed their program. Like, it's like West Virginia's program isn't nearly 
what it was previously. And, and that's what I want to see is what is the effect of moving to the Big Ten on UCLA, USC, Washington, Oregon five years from now? I would say Ten like, years from now. Some schools, I think, are better able to weather than storm than others. Like Louisville, I think, is in a very good position to weather the storm either way, right? Yeah. Because we are an urban university. Yeah. And one thing Charlie Strong always said, the one thing he always thought made it easy to recruit to Louisville, even though Satterfield said it's hard, but anyway. <laughs> well, Strong said it made it easy to recruit to Louisville is that we're a city. And when you recruit mostly black kids, they feel very comfortable coming to Louisville because it reminds them yeah, and, and, of places that they grew up. And the Louisville program is a nomadic program anyway. I yeah. mean, they, they were in the Great Midwest, and they were in the Metro, Metro and, and they were in the Conference USA, you know, and then ACC, American, and, and, they, and you know. So on and so Big East, you know. So they're used to being all over the place. So it just it never really bothered them. But for these big land grant institutions, this is going to be a complete like Stanford. But for some and of the them, ACC, this is going to be a tough transition. Makes no. See, here's the thing: it's like I didn't mind them getting Stanford, Cal, and Cal to come over here. But why not get Washington, Oregon when you had the chance? It's just a horrible. No, like like. Hit. But but things like when you had the chance to get like four. Pac-12 schools, like, why didn't you do it? You could have gotten four Pac-12 schools and, and SMU and would have been all right. Yeah. And then you could play, like, a whole West Coast. And Notre Dame always goes out there and plays those guys anyway. Mm-hmm. So, and, and they're like a quasi-ACC school anyway. That would have balanced it out, and you could have, like, a Western division, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, it'd be like Conference USA. Yeah. yeah. Like, but so, I mean, so why not grab – why does grab two? Why not grab four? It made, like, no sense to me. I don't know. I mean, I, the, the, most of these moves didn't make any sense to me. The, the, I still the don't. The only moves that made sense were SEC. The SEC, I think, made. I mean, but the, the SEC didn't go do anything ridiculously geogra- geographically. No, I mean, the, the, when you already have Texas A and M, it's still in the southeast, south mid, south Midwest. You know, yeah. so it's not. You're still within the same geographic footprint. It's still the same boundaries. You know, but when you go to the Big Ten, going all the way out, grabbing UCLA and USC, from, literally from one end of the country. <laughs> Literally, literally they're, they're from one end of the country to the next. I mean, you have a school in Piscataway, New Jersey, and a team in uh, Southern California. Like, that's got to be the furthest that two conference members have been away from each other. You know what? But I understand. It's, it's USC. I mean, how, how could you say no to USC? That's crazy. Well, i tell you what. Look, we're going to go ahead. We're going to hit our last break. Uh, when we come back, I want to get Haven's opinions. Can Louisville get it done on the road in Pittsburgh today? Can UK go on the road and knock off Bruce Pearl in Auburn, Alabama? That is one, you know, UK needs to get off the snide. They had lost three home games in a row. Um, the they, first time ever losing three games row at Rupp Arena. Yeah. So, Anybody. I mean, that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. crazy. Now, they, they did bounce back and get a win against uh, uh, um, uh, Ole Miss uh, on Tuesday. So they did bounce back and get the win versus Ole Miss, but they got to take it on the road. They got to get their momentum back. Uh, so I want to get Haven's thoughts on that. Uh, we're going to continue to read more. Your text, 502-414-1450. That much, much more. This is Wake Up 502. Rashawn Bice, Haven Harrington, Intern Roman, and we'll be back. But y'all thought y'all wasn't going to see me? I'm the Osiris of this who is here forever. This this 97, I ain't my and my Seventy-nine. I bomb atomically. Socrates' philosophies and hypotheses.
parentheses. Can't define how I be dropping these mockeries. Lyrically perform armed robbery. Flee with the lottery. Possibly and welcome back in. Welcome back in. Last segment of the show and a very energetic and jazzy Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers. <laughs> about to get taken out by the flying nun, baby. I know, man. See, I, we get too excited. See, this is like y'all gotta understand. Like, whether it be Wake Up Five Hundred Two, whether it be Main Event Sports Show, like what you all hear and what you all get from me and Haven is literally the same conversations that me and Haven have when we get kicking it. If we if we at the crib, we out of the sports bar wherever like this is literally the same things that we do all day long so sometimes we get a little comfortable <laughs> and forget where i'm at i don't even see the microphones me and Haven's just talking <laughs> so you know yeah that was just that was a that was a funny moment that was gonna have to go down in the in the history book so that's that's gonna go down but i tell you what man we gonna get right back to your text i believe we got a, a caller call now i think jay has maybe uh trying to to get through on that side. Yeah, of we got we got Jay has on right now. Jay's on the line right now. Cool, cool. Let's go ahead and bring him in. Jay has 502-384-1450, the Wake Up 502 buzz line. Jay, what you got for us this morning? I might have to what? turn. Birthday bash Hello. Hey, there he Hello. is. There he is. Hey, Jay, Jay has, has. How you doing, brother? What's going on? Ho, 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 ho. Yeah. It's Fair Albert. <laughs> That's hey, hey, hey. Ho, 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 Santa Claus. These other fat dudes. <laughs> Jay, what you got for us this morning, it's man? It's Black History Month. We do talk about Santa Claus. Hey, what's up, oh, Doc? What's up? What's going on, guys? Man, it's a beautiful morning. A little cold, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful out. Yeah, man. I, I, I've been talking on, on something else earlier this morning about this, uh, you know, about the NBA All-Star up, up in the Nav. I can see me and you at Haven up there right now, but, you know, it is what it is. We can cover so much national and local sports across this country for years. But uh, this morning, a very interesting conversation. This morning, I had with some with some people about uh, Lamar Jackson's why he doesn't have an endorsement, doesn't have any. You know that I just told them just flat out. You know, okay, read. You just got to do like Penny Hardaway, get a little, get him a little puppy, a dog, or something. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And it's sad. You know he's from. You know he he's not. You know Patrick Mahomes, light skinned with curly hair, you know, and all that old stuff. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, and and it's it's tough, man. You know, it's it's one of those things that you know Lamar. You would think, especially being a two-time MVP, that he would be having he would have more um, opportunities and that. And, and you know, I know a lot of it has to do with the fact that. People say that because he doesn't have an agent, he doesn't have a lot of those ends for a lot of those things. But, you know, I mean, no, you, you would think a two-time. Right, man. That, that, that ain't no joke, <laughs> hey, hey, hold on. First of all, Kenny Payne, I mean, Kenny Payne. See, look, Freudian slip. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is not Kenny Payne. I like, he was, a, he was a very good student at the University of Louisville. He, you know, just to see people think that he had, like, that they look at him because of how he speaks. And of course, try, try, tries to say that you know, but that, like that's not even it's not even an actual factual thing. Like Lamar's just a country boy. He's a South Florida country boy. You know what I'm saying? He's from the country. He's from the Bayou. You know what I'm saying? He's probably just as comfortable out there running around, uh, you know, ch- chilling, chilling in a barn somewhere as he is playing football. But you know, you, the people t- take that against him. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I, I, I would hope that being a two-time MVP, that we'll start to see maybe some of these. 
uh, State Farm. You know what I'm saying? Why Why can't Jake from State Farm kick it with Lamar Jackson? You feel me? Like, yeah, let's, let's man, Gatorade and all that. Yeah, yeah, we need some of that. Absolutely, I agree with you. Wait, wait, but let me ask you, Jay. What, what, what do you? Uh huh. Go ahead. I'm just, uh, I'm just a week away, man, from my, you know, my celebration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the Jay Has birthday bash. Uh, you know, gave away a couple tickets last week. You know, we want to uh, try to give away a couple more. It's coming up this coming Saturday. Uh, everything is going. What you say? Seven o'clock, Jay. Yeah, yeah, so, man. Yeah, so, man. They already been calling me this morning about tickets. Where? Yeah, 21st in Germantown is going down. Yeah. Where can we get yeah, tickets? So. That's a good question. Well, hey, you know what? Where we- can I get a ticket for this, Jay? So, what now, Haven? If I wanted to buy a ticket, like, where could I go to get a ticket for your birthday badge? Because everybody's going to be call there. Me. You, you got to call me, Haven. What's the number? It's uh, 502-889-1366. What? Repeat that again. 502-889-1366. And who's going to be at the birthday bash? Because you always have, like, a team of stars. Like He does. Haven Harrington, I'm telling you, man, you and Rashawn are going to be so surprised. Really? Yeah, I'm just probably – I've done them so many times, but you guys are going to be so surprised. Can I still ride the limo? Because I heard you got people riding about limos. I heard you got people flying over helicopters. What? Man, I, hey, 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 I got the limousine, man, going to be, the red carpet going to be laid out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to go. Hey, oh, I, what's going down? I, 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 I tell folks every year, man, you know, to, to get out there for the J-Has birthday bash because it's always one of those things where you got to have your face in the place because it's going to be something that you talk about for for at least a week. Uh, a week. Or, or, yeah, or maybe two. two. <laughs> you know I got a new commercial this morning. Oh, what? is that right? Oh, by the way, 1481 South Shelby Street, by the way, 21st in Germany. But the most important question yeah, is this. Yeah, stores at 9 are there next any, Saturday. Are there any VIP you tickets? You can call me. You want tickets now. VIP, you can call me as well, too, at 502-889-1366. So, so there's still some VIP tickets left. 75, sir. All right. There we go. That's it? Just 75 for this? That's all? Yeah, that's it, sir. I, I made it so easy to patronize this event, Haven. Jeez, man. That's, that's like a steal. I need to get in there. Absolutely. It's, it's going to be Come on, get wild. in there, intern. Come on in there. Yeah. Call, intern. Call. <laughs> we can bring the ruckus. I'm going to give hey. you a call. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to make it happen. Well, Jay, I'm going to let you go. I know you're a busy man. Go ahead, sir. And everything else. You do your thing. I appreciate you calling this morning. Yes, yeah, sir. I'll see you later, buddy. All right, now. There we go. Jay has, I think he's going to grace us with our presence today. Uh, Holy Cross is going to be at home taking on Boone County. What? Uh, so he said that he's going to actually come and be in the building today to check what? out my son. Hopefully he don't curse out the coach. <laughs> he will. Jay, Jay's a little aggressive when he gets out there. <laughs> he's, he's a tad bit excited. He's, he's aggressive when he th- talks about his nephew, so, you know. You know, this will be his first time getting to see Cam in person. So, Uh-oh. very excited about that. Very, very excited about that. Now, you know, might have to get the, the main event out in force for that game. Might might still Haven Harrington. Might see if Haven Harrington will come by. I don't know what he got going on. He's got 85,000 things going on. Haven Harrington's like Bruce Wayne and Batman put together. He's always got something going on. <laughs> <laughs> he just disappears and be like, yeah, I was uh, take care of this function or going to this uh, rally or going to, to you know. So, Haven Harrington's always doing something. But I am very excited. So, uh, shout out to Holy Cross, my son, uh, uh, and and uh, Holy Cross got a big win uh, last night at Bullet Central. 
Uh, Cam had a had a nice games. Uh, he went viral for another one of his highlight dunks. So uh, shout out to, to to him. Hopefully the fellas can keep it going. Trying to build some momentum uh, before a district tournament play starts. So that's right. Get that energy going. Absolutely, absolutely. So like you know. Kenny Payne's about to get some energy going. Yeah, against. yeah. Hey, so we got to talk about this. Kenny Payne on the road taking on Pittsburgh. And you know we- what they say? Kenny has said he likes to play on the road. It's not as much pressure. He's going to Pittsburgh, which is not the the fiercest place to play, to be honest. I mean, I don't know. Bronx Zoo is, it gets jumping sometimes. No, it doesn't. Bronx Zoo gets jumping Whatever. sometimes. Whatever. I mean, this, well, no. This no. isn't, d- no. you know. I mean, it's not Boston College. This isn't your Dewan Blair-led, you know, back, back when they were just the monsters in the Big East. But I love that Pittsburgh team, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when they had Dewan Blair. I'm a Dewan Blair, like, they punked out uh, Clark. And uh, <laughs> T will, T will. The dude's like half. He's like half their height, and they were all punk like nah, I, I, I want no parts. It's like six four dude. Yeah, I mean, but, but that was in the they was in the Big East. There was a whole different that's, attitude. That's like super physical, right? Yeah, it was like it was a whole different attitude. It's not like that anymore. But even with that being said, you know, Pittsburgh is a team that's trying to find their way to the right side of the bubble. As, you know, as we talked about, they're on the outside looking in right now. So you can't lose to Louisville. If you want to have a chance to go to the NCAA, as Clemson from yeah. last year. So I mean, because <laughs> yeah, right now the two, the, the the three teams that have lost to the uh, to the Cardinals this year are definitely not going to the NCAA tournament. You know, Florida State. Uh, you know that their dreams of going to the uh, tournament are pretty much done. Miami Hurricanes, same thing. They're not going to the NCAA tournament. Kenny Payne, you know that is the one thing. Kenny Payne has not beaten a team yet that has made the NCAA tournament. Like, like not one. Like, not talking about beating a ranked team. This is talking about beating one of the top 68 teams in the country. Like, that hasn't happened yet. Why are you, oh, y'all, why? <laughs> why do you hate Kenny Payne so much? It's just interesting. Why? Just because he can't, because. Just because he can't coach does not mean you get this much hate. <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> like, to be this inept is embarrassing, man. Honestly, it is. It like, totally is embarrassing. It, it, it's very embarrassing, but, I mean, he's it's, making it's, it's money. Pretty, you know, I, so I can't hate because he's making money and he's yeah, going to probably no. get paid about $6 million to go you know on. What? Watch me hate. So, like, <laughs> here we go. Like, just watch me hate, right? <laughs> Kenny Payne can't coach. Let's, let's, let's just be honest, okay? Let's, let's just be honest. I mean, yes, the team has gotten better offensively. I, I think since the Clemson game or no Miami game, they're almost like 18th in the country in offensive efficiency. Yeah. And it's still like almost like last defensive efficiency. Like, every – Everybody that plays us it's has the number like their one best offense game. in the country. No, yes. like literally, whoever yeah. plays Louisville has the number one offense in the country. We give up eighty points a game. <laughs> it's crazy. Eighty points a game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here is the night. It's I, hard. It's hard to be that bad defensively when you have as good athletes as Louisville has. Like I would take Kenny Payne back for another year, for year three or year two. I want to look at it. Yes. Right, I would take him back for another year, even though I, I think he's not a good coach. I would still take him back, comma, but only if, comma, he hires another coach to be a defensive coordinator, like Tubby Smith, a great defensive genius. Right, hire Tubby Smith, let him run the defense. Like literally, when it comes like defense, you, you get out the huddle. And hire Chris uh, Mack, whoever. Who, who, I, don't, I don't care who you <laughs> like hire. run that pack line. Yeah, maybe not the pack line. Okay. <laughs> Let's go back to Tubby Smith, right? Hire Tubby Smith as your defense coordinator and, and let it roll. But he would let him coach your defense. And leave it at that. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I I just think I think that the Dias cast, like I said, Kenny, oh the Dias cast. Kenny had a, Kenny had the opportunity to to make changes, and he he responded by saying he had the best coaching staff in the country. I'm not gonna lie. If uh, it, if I was AD, but I am African American, so I, I do have that privilege. <laughs> I guess before I know that Texas says coach. I'll, I'll take two. Two tickets to the birthday bash, and I'll bring Katina Powell and her escorts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's hilarious. Wow. I think she's out of prison, too. She, I, I think we'll make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Texter also says, he says, I don't think Muscleman will get the job because he married a sister and has a biracial daughter. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Musk will fit in. Like, as I hey, said, this is Kentucky. Musk will fit in. Hey, time out. To that Texter, you know... They just passed. They're trying to pass a law right now, in the state legislature, make it okay to marry your first cousin. What? Without, no, no. Tell you about it's no longer incest if you sleep with your first cousin. That's, really? That's yes. Insane. They're trying to make that a law. That's a thing. Right now. <laughs> right now, Kentucky trying to make that a law. Oh gosh! Wow. Right now, twenty twenty four. We'll try to make sleep with your cousin okay. <laughs> Trying to get through some of these texts that we had from a bit earlier. Texas says, Gronk screwed me on the cartoon missed field goal in the FanDuel $10 million kick. So apparently Gronk missed again. You did? Yeah, apparently. He's a tight end. What do you expect? Yeah, exactly. I I, I agree. Uh, Texas says, the worst Super Bowl commercial was the Robert Kennedy Jr. presidential campaign commercial from the Jim Crow era. <laughs> that was a terrible commercial. What did you think about the Jesus commercial? Did you see the Jesus commercial? I did not see any commercials. Really? Was, oh, well, that's right. But uh, I figured you might have seen some. The Jesus commercial. Uh, uh, did you see the Jesus commercial? Was watching feet? Um, yeah. I mean, I read about it on Twitter. Did you Did you see that commercial, uh, Roman? I didn't see it. Oh, man. It was, contra- was it was controversial. Why? Was Jesus black? Well, because... <laughs> Well, it well it was well you know how they have the Jesus understands us all yeah you know, you've seen those commercials yeah, yeah, yeah. but it wasn't a depiction of Jesus but it was a, a depiction of different people that are on different sides of issues and the people that are seen as the aggressors washing the feet of the people that they you know persecute so like a policeman police officer washing the feet of like a black suspect or you know a um, minister or a you know a, a the, the 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 you know the the whatever what do they call it the, the guy the, the the minister but it's a Catholic church um, priest priest washing the feet of like a, a transgender oh that's a young boy <laughs> <laughs> shut up God Lord uh, <laughs> this show but like it was this was like all these very powerful depictions like a um, KKK member like washing the feet of like a black person like it was a very it was a very aggressive commercial. It was I like very, it. it I, I did. It was very, like, it, the visualization of it was, you have to look it up after the show. Because it, the visualization of some of those, it was like, wow. Like, just to see the pictures were very powerful. It was a very powerful commercial, uh, you know. Man, you know, you throwing the black Jesus at the end, just, like, coming through. <laughs> it was probably just on point. Probably just, yeah. it was to the whole country, y'all. Yeah. Like yeah. riots, chaos, it, it, and mayhem. It was wild because it was like at the very beginning, like the very first commercials after the very oh, first. Oh, they paid money for that. Yeah, it was like one of the very first commercials once the game started. Like the game starts, and I think at the very first TV timeout, they they ran that. It was the very first commercial. 
Somebody paid like a lot of yeah. money for that. Like it was just, it, but it, and like I said, just with the the visuals of it, it was a very stunning commercial. It lasted about a minute of just all these like very interesting dichotomies. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was a very it was it was powerful. It was it was a powerful commercial. Uh, but yeah, the the the, um, the Robert Candy ad was terrible. You know, I heard he he's already apologized to his family for that. It was yeah, it was. He's like, I'm my bad. <laughs> I probably should have done that. Come, I mean, think, but think you know, it. overall the commercials weren't great. I mean, I, obviously my favorite uh, had to be the the preview for Deadpool and Wolverine. Um, that was awesome. Like, I can't wait. I, the MCU needs a a big kick start like that. They need that right a now. A reboot. Yeah, because they they've had some tough. They've all been bad episodes. I mean, and plus they did Jonathan Majors wrong. I tried you know to watch. They fired uh, him, so they need something yeah. to go right. You know, they fired him, but for some reason, DC keeps that dude who likes to play the Flash, who's horrible. <laughs> Ezra Miller. <laughs> Ezra Miller, who's like choke people, beat people up, <laughs> raped by five or six people. That was to keep him around. Yeah. Jonathan Miller try, tries to run from his tries to run from his accuser. Yeah, he lost. She chases him down. Fired. Yeah, that, that like I, I didn't like the way that whole thing went down. It's unfortunate, but now I mean the only good thing about it, I wasn't necessarily a big fan of Kang anyway. The King was horrible. Kang the Conqueror. I, I'm not I, like, like Kang was like the worst villain ever. I mean I, I didn't necessarily like it. Um, you know, but but I, I think that now it sounds like Doc Doom is going to be the new big bad, which I love. Doctor Doom is one of my favorites. Like Doctor Doom and Doc Ock were my two favorite bad guys always. Um, so being able to finally get, uh, hopefully a good Dr. Doom because he has, he has been terrible when been, when he's been depicted in oh, the fantastic four. He's movies. been horrible. Um, so that, that, Victor, horrible. Victor Von Doom, you know, he deserves a great, um, a great character. So I, I'm very excited to see what the MCU does with that. Oh, Texter also says, what about the Twisters movie? Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know. Like. I mean, it's better special effects because it's newer, yeah, it's, it's newer. I will be interested. I mean, I watch. I love tornado movies. It's like, I, so I love like Twister. Sharknado one through five. No, absolutely not. No, I like the actual Twister movie. Like oh. that was cool. Like you know, I mean, when it first came out, it was like, oh my god, yeah, that's so it's awesome. crazy. Yeah, so like, I, I want to see what they do with it. But you know, now it's like two tornadoes, and they're coming after you. Mm. Like, like it's chasing me. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. But no, I, I mean the overall, you just can't do the commercials the way you used to because political correctness is such a big thing now that you know you just can't um, you can't go out there and just make the wild commercials like you used to because everybody just gets all upset. I'm surprised people didn't get outraged by that that Jesus commercial. Like I, honestly, like I thought there would have been a lot more conversation about it, but it really went by without much. So being said, so um, you know. It was a decent uh, year for, for the commercials. Nothing really great. Nothing really stands out. You know, Tina Fey had a commercial. It was, you know, I, I was not a big fan. But, you know, we'll see. But uh, Haven Harrison, what do you think? Does Louisville have a chance today uh, against no. Pittsburgh? No? No. What about UK on the road at Auburn? You know, Auburn's only lost. Since Bruce Pearl's been the coach at Auburn, they have lost two home games. I like UK today still, though. You like the UK today, I, really, I, on the road? I, yeah. To, for, for, the the road. for the win? For the win? For the win. Nice. I think they get the I'm job done. I'm going Auburn. You're going Auburn? I'm going Auburn, too. I just think that Auburn's so physical, and, and the way UK – UK gets bullied. But they I do. would not be surprised if UK makes a turn in the next couple of weeks. They need to, they need to, they make, they need to make a turn. I mean, because right now they're like 
heading very hard towards a 7-8 seed. And that's how where they've been, or 8-9 seed. How many more games do we have in the Kenny Payne era? Um, well, so, so seven games left. Six, six or seven games oh, left. God. Plus Is next season. So, I mean, you got three games in. Yeah, yeah. You have, you have a total of six games left. So, you know, hey, we'll see what happens. But I tell you what, people – it has been a wonderful, very interesting, hilarious show. If you want to catch the podcast, make sure you go out there. Uh, WakeUp502.com, baby. Wake, wake Up 502 Check out the replay, and you will laugh your tail off, you I guarantee And support the show. Become a patron for like literally $2 a month. There we go. Keep Absolutely. Please do. Please do. For intern, uh, Roman Haven Harrington, this is Rashad Myers, Wake Up 502, and we out.